afternoon. Am I on? How's everybody doing? Fabulous. You know, it's so cool how God works. Um, you know, Darren did a great job last week just talking about, you know, uh, the importance of going back to realizing that, you know, we're lost and that God is the one that can save us and we need God. And it was just a great massaging of the heart to make sure you have the right motives and the right heart. And really, uh, hopefully, a lesson like that makes you walk away a little more humble. Right? Like, yeah, I am a sinner. I need God. And without Him, I'm in big trouble. And so that's uh, really cool how God worked because we actually hadn't talked. And actually, my uh, sermon today will build upon uh, what Darren talked about. Because when you, you know, see your need for God and you say, wow, you know, I'm lost. I need God in my life. I need God really working in my life. Not just kind of showing up and putting in the time. You know, uh, that kind of relationship with God is not passive. It's transformational. Right. Right. When you come to that reality, things are going to change in your life. And so uh, the cool thing is when your heart is where God's trying to get it, uh, a lot of great things can happen in your life. And so I want to build upon uh, what Darren shared here. And uh, just I was just thinking when I walked away, wow, it's so cool how God put it on Darren's heart to talk about that, because I'm going to talk about this, and he just works in cool ways. But let's go ahead and go to God in prayer as we jump into his word and try to be inspired today. God, thank you so much for the ways that you work and move, and open our eyes, God, that we see these things, because you are always working and moving because you love us dearly and deeply. I pray that you bless this message, God, that our hearts will be open to it and that we can grow on account of it. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Okay, so uh, the title of my message is not two plus two equals four. It's actually two plus two does not equal four. And let's turn over to Matthew chapter seven and we'll jump into God's word and take off from there. Verse twenty-four. Right. So, you know, let's say Darren Yester was hanging out with Jesus and he got up and talked about the need to realize, you know, apart from God, you're lost and sinful. But God can move powerfully in your life if you'll humble out and see the truth about yourself so that God can work. And you're like, yes. And then you hear the the Sermon on the Mountain by Jesus And he comes to a close and he says in verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. 
So you heard Darren's message, and then Jesus does a sermon on the mountain. You're like, yes, I like it. And Jesus talks about a few things on the Sermon on the Mountain. Hear the Word, put it into practice, build it on the rock. He talks about be attitudes, how we need to have good attitudes, be humble, merciful. He talks about not worrying. Okay, Christian, don't worry. Got that? All right, he talks about judging, right? How we need to use the right judgments and not be quick to judge. He talks about false ideologies. And he talks about principles for character. So if you heard Darren's message, you're like, yes, these are good things. Yes, I want to put them into practice. I want to build my life on the words of Jesus, which is fantastic. Now, I want to say uh, over the last year, We've heard so many amazing stories up here during communion of brothers and sisters that have done this. They've really built their life on the rock, persevered, and just kept going through. Last week, Jasmine did an amazing job sharing some of her challenges in life, and yet she continues to really build her life on the rock. Right? So these are important things, and Jesus says... We gotta hear his words and put them into practice. Be intentional. Right? We can't just say we're following Jesus and think by osmosis we're gonna be following him. We have to be intentional. Jesus taught things, not only on the Sermon on the Mountain, but throughout the Gospels and then his apostles taught. And we have to be intentional if we're putting Things into practice, right? Practice, repeated exercise in or performance of an activity or skill so as to acquire or maintain proficiency in it. It's not something that will happen by osmosis. We have to be intentional in putting God's word into practice. And, you know, after 34 years uh, of trying to do that, I can tell you right now, God will give you plenty of opportunities to check yourself and step back and go, okay, wait, am I really putting into practice what the Bible says right here? Right? Because it's easy to put it on the shelf, right? And just pretend like you kind of are, but you're not really being intentional about it. Right? Intentional. Done on purpose or deliberate. You're actually like, hey, this is what I want to do. Which is really... Awesome. And it comes with a promise that when the storms of life come, you're going to stand. Right? And you notice Jesus doesn't say if. He doesn't say if the storms come. No, he's basically saying, you know what? You live in the flesh. The storms are coming. And even if some particular storm doesn't hit, one day you're going to get old like me. And, you know, your body's going to start breaking down, and then the storm's going to be there anyway. Right? You're not going to run from it. So Jesus teaches here to put into practice. So we have to be intentional about who we want to be. Right? And once we've decided, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to follow Jesus. I want to be intentional. I want to put it into practice. Then, guess what happens? 
we can actually start to develop this two plus two equals four mentality. I'm following Jesus. I'm doing the right things. Therefore, a certain outcome is going to happen. Right? Because, see, this is our nature. We like predictability. Right? And we like things to happen a certain way. And even when we have the right heart that Darren talked about, and we're trying to do the right thing, still in the back of our mind, we start kind of doing the math. You know, two plus two equals four. If I do this and that, that's going to happen. And guess what? That's not the way faith is. Right? It's not the way how faith is. Two plus two. Oh, you can barely see that. Predictability. All right, this is us. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to put his word into practice. Then we start getting our little plans. Right? This is how it's all going to work out. I'll be here in year five and everything. But, you know, this is real life right here. Whoa. In their hearts, humans plan their course. But the Lord establishes their steps. This is real life right here. Whoa, I went too fast. I got to back up. Sorry. All right. Exactly. Illustration right there. In their hearts, humans plan their course. So we have a plan. But ultimately, God is going to intervene and lead us in a certain direction, right? So we want to be intentional. We want to do the right things. We want to put things into practice, right? Two plus two equals four. I know the outcome is going to be good. And then what happens is Luna comes into your life. Okay? So our dear brother Bernard, he got a phone call from a friend. Bernard's a good Christian. He wants to be like Jesus. Hey, Bernard, we got this puppy. Bro, um, we really can't. It, it's, we need help. Can you take the puppy? And, of course, Bernard's like, hey, it's a good thing to do. I'm a Christian. I want to be giving. So he takes little Luna, and he tells the family group, hey, we got a puppy named Luna. I said, what kind of dog is it? Oh, it's a husky. I'm like, oh, Bernard. Bernard, brother. Have you counted the cost? Oh, she's the sweetest little puppy ever. She's so docile. She's so gentle. I said, bro, I don't want to rain on your parade, but those little tiny husky puppies turn into werewolves. <laughs> right? So he's doing the right thing, right? He's doing the right thing. He wants to help somebody out. He takes in the dog. And to date, let's see, Luna has eaten two hoses, pulled up the sprinkler system in his backyard, uh, jumped through the window. Uh, Bernard, I don't know how this happened, some weird kind of quasi kind of weird thing. At one point in time, Bernard had to feed Luna by hand. Like she wouldn't eat unless he actually like fed her by hand. Right. So in his heart, he was trying to do the right thing, help a friend out. But then the outcome was not two plus two is four. It was two plus two is not four. Right. 
Okay, so that's kind of a funny illustration of it. But this is what we do. Right? We, we seek to have the right heart, and we kind of start putting things into practice, and we do start, hey, this is my expectation. This is where I should end up. This is what should happen. And we almost turn following God into some kind of formula. Versus like, no, I need to trust God with my life. You know, uh, as a young disciple, I did this. I read in the Bible how Jesus wanted us to go out and share. Right. I thought, okay. And I tend to be somewhat logical. And nobody said, hey, you need to do this. I just I read how Jesus wanted us to go out and share our faith. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So I decided I would meet 10 people every day when I was at school, which I went to school five days a week. Right. So every day for a year, I met 10 people five days a week. Okay. Every day. So do the math. It's a lot of people, right? And I thought, hey, surely 5% of those people will be excited about changing their life for Jesus just like me. A year went by and nobody. Because, right, I had this formula in my mind, you know, if I just do this, then this will happen. And that's not how God works. You never know, right? Two plus two equals four mentality can cause you to have some serious disillusionment. Right? Even if, you know, I was going out, reaching out with the right heart, I wanted to help people. I figure, hey, if I meet this many people, then surely I'll meet that many open people. You just never know, right? Because it's not about a formula. It's about trusting God. God wants us to be intentional in who we are and who we are becoming. But he wants us to trust him on this journey. Right? So we have to put into practice what he says But then we have to trust him where he's going to lead us and not fall into this expectation trap. Hey, I did this, this and this. Therefore, this should happen. And, you know, we can do this with parenting. You can strive to be the best spiritual parent you can be, which you should be. That's very important. Try to be the best parent you can be. But at the end of the day, your children still have free will and a sinful nature, right? So in our mind, we can start to do this. 1,000 family devotionals times 300 trips to the ice cream parlor times 10 trips to Magic Mountain times 5 good talks times 600 trips to basketball practice times 13 birthday parties times 15 apologies by Dad for not being just like Jesus does not necessarily mean your child is going to become a disciple. But we kind of start putting the expectation on it, and we do that with a lot of things. You can be doing the right things and being intentional and having the right heart, but we can fall into this trap of, but I did it all like this, and why? Right? Because we like results. We like to see things happen. We like our results. This is how life really is. 
right? You got your plan, but that's reality right there. And if we don't come to realize God is on this journey with us, and when reality is hitting us, we're going to be messed up. We're going to be sad. We're going to be disillusioned. We're not going to be happy people that God wants us to be in our lives. Things are going to happen. We need to be intentional. But we got to live by faith. Right? Because we live by faith, not by sight. And we live in a world that lives by sight. We got to see the results. We got to see the pretty thing. We got to see that. We got to see progress. We got to see this. And, you know, God doesn't work like that. So we have to be intentional, but we got to live by faith. These are two sides of the same coin. We have to put into practice and follow Jesus and think about who I'm becoming. But at the same time, we have to like, okay, I got to trust where God's leading me. Right? Uh, I worked at Shadow Hills High School for a number of years. I was one of the teachers that opened up the school 10 years ago. I think it was 10 years. Oh, my gosh. Time's flying. Right? So I was one of the original members in the English department, myself and uh, another wonderful teacher. And I was there about five years. Uh, A couple of times I sacrificed. Hey, Mr. Hammond, uh, this teacher's having a problem with this class. Can you trade classes with them? Middle of the school year, completely unusual. Right? We need you to take over this class because, you know, your classroom management skills are better. So I did things like that and this and that. And as time went on, the department heads in the different departments switched. And about five years in, I'm like, uh, you know, uh, I was the other person that was here on year one. And I see all the department heads are switching around and they, uh, nobody's asked me to do it. Right? So I was putting into practice who God wanted me to be at school as a teacher. But then this little root started growing up in my heart about expectations. Right? I started getting a little, and then I actually started having a couple of negative thoughts about this other teacher who was a a very good teacher and did a great job as department chair. And that's when I knew, oh, I got to check myself. Wait a minute. Two plus two. No, I messed up. So I thought about when Jesus talked about the worker who was hired later in the day. Right. And got the same amount of money. And then I said to myself, let's see, when I got interviewed for the position, did department chair come up in that interview? No. Did they offer me that position? No. Did they say, hey, come on in, take work at the school, and in five years you can be department? No. They offered me a job to teach English at Shadow Hills. And I was like, yes! And now here I was five years later going, hey, how come... Oh, come on, I'll get to be department chair. Come on, bro, lay out. Huh? Good, James. What's up with that? So, a word of caution. As we're talking about 
being intentional, having the heart that Darren talked about last week, and we're striving to be intentional, please, ladies and gentlemen, as God takes you on a journey, makes you turn right, makes you turn left, that's not the same thing when you make bad choices. Okay? Make sure you're aware of that. It's not the same thing. Because we make bad choices, and then there's consequences, and God's going, what are you doing? Now, the cool thing about God is even when we make bad choices, he'll still try to use that to help us grow spiritually. He'll say, well, let's see if you can learn a lesson from this and grow as a person. Amen? Amen. So look at here. I want to look here just for a minute at the Apostle Paul. In Acts chapter 16, about this whole idea, building our life on the rock of Christ, being intentional, but then really trusting God when the outcomes are not what we begin to expect. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of, uh, 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 yeah, that word. Yeah. Phrygia. Thank you. Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Paul was stopped. He wanted to go into Asia and the Holy Spirit said, nope. Now. I don't think there's anybody that lived more intentionally for Jesus than Paul. Right? And he wanted to go somewhere and preach the word, and the Spirit said, No, I got another plan for you. Verse 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, he, okay, we can't go there. We're going to go over here. He meets this incredible woman, Lydia. She gets uh, uh, converted, becomes a disciple. It's really awesome. And the next thing you know, a riot happens, and Paul ends up in prison. So he wanted to go over here, and the Spirit said, no. I want you to go here. This amazing conversion happened with Lydia, and then he ends up in prison. And then some other great conversions happened. But he went to prison. Right? Now, let's just praise the Lord right now that we don't live in such a place. Right? And let's be praying for our brothers and sisters in the Middle East. Because we can go over to Starbucks and go, hey, how's it going, man? What's going on, man? Uh, do you go to church anywhere? Oh, uh, no. Do you believe in God? Are you interested in going to church? Would you like to read the Bible? And nobody's going to put you in cuffs. And nobody's going to beat you with a stick. And you're going to be all right. But the Apostle Paul, he's being intentional, putting into practice God's Word and he wants to go here, and the Spirit says, no. And you're going to go over here. Oh, wow, that's cool, Lydia. You're open. Awesome. Hallelujah. Whoa, I'm going to jail now. 
Okay. See, we start building expectations even when we know we got to have the right heart. You can have a good heart about following Jesus, but start having expectations to the outcomes. And that can lead to some disillusionment. In Philippians 4, uh, verse 12, Paul says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. The Apostle Paul was an amazing human being. He had an amazing faith. And he went through some stuff in the book of Acts and throughout history. But he's like, I'm surrendered. God is in control. Right? You know, uh, I couldn't preach this message today without saying how impressed and moved I am by the Jacobson family. Chris, Lisa, Adam, and Lexi have been incredible examples. I just am blown away every time I see one of Chris's Facebook posts and he's making some joke about something that has to do with chemotherapy. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I just want you guys to know that, and I think I speak for all of us, we are so proud of you. Now, for us, not super apostles, that'd be, that'd be the rest of us. Look over in James chapter 4. And look what the brother to Jesus says for us, you know, non-super apostles. And we really need to internalize this concept. So that we're, we're walking in freedom. We're allowing God to lead us. We're trusting Him when things happen in life that we don't totally understand. James says, now listen, you say today or tomorrow we will go to do this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. You know, we we need to become people that have this saying in our heart. If it is God's will, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. If it is God's will, this is what's going to happen. Because we need to abide and trust and not start, you know, Two plus two is going to equal four for me. Because that will lead to disillusionment, emotional issues, rather than really trusting God. And we have had some amazing people in this congregation show the way. The Jacobson family. Juan and Michelle Vasquez. They've had some challenging thing with health issues in their family. Uh, Juan lost his son a couple
couple years back. I had the privilege this last year of being Emma's teacher. She is an amazing young lady. She's just got such a good heart. And, of course, they're doing a fabulous job with little itty-bitty one that wants to hug everybody in the church. They're an amazing family that have has gone through some things. Right? And we all need to have this heart that if it's God's will, this is what I want. These are my plans. But it's the Lord who determines your steps. We're going to have curveballs in life. They're going to come. Jesus said they will come. How do we respond? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Or do we trust in ourselves and try to make sense of it that way? We have to be intentional. Put into practice the things that Jesus teaches and calls us to live by. But it's not a formula. It's not some equation. It's a relationship with God where when the curveballs come, He's calling you to do that. And I'm so grateful for the number of people in this church that have done just that. I'm so grateful to Chris right now for the amazing example he is. I've asked Juan to come up today and just respond to the message and then lead us in prayer for communion. And I want to ask you, as you're taking communion today, to ask yourself, how do you do when the curveballs come? Do you say, God, I trust you? I'm going to trust you? Do you trust God at that time? And then one last little thing. We'll leave this up here for a little bit. That's the link to the presentation if you want to look at it later. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share with you.